This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted pride of West London weekend review podcast. And we're coming to you after the Everton game, the day after the Everton game. It's a little bit later this week because obviously the Everton game was played on a Sunday. So we're recording this on a Monday, but we're still giving you the weekend review. And the weekend review, if you don't know it, it's a quick, short, sharp analysis of what happened over the weekend with the Brentford game and also all the other games in and around the league. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here with uh, my buddies, Laney Lane and Liberal Nick. And it's brought to you by Anything Is Possible, our friends from the South Coast, AIP Media, AIP.media even, if you want to check them out. But anyway, listen, Laney, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yes, uh, I thought a lot better about life and the world with three points tucked under my arm for my journey home from New Griffin Park yesterday. Yep, yeah, all good. Mr. Snow as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a little... Listen, talk about snow. I mean, up north there was snow. I mean, we got we got a couple of granules down south down snow as well. I don't know what it was like. I mean, I know you, you came from the West Country, so you probably get sort of snow. You were probably snowed in all your mates down in the West Country, Liberal Nick, weren't they? Yeah, no, I had a great day out yesterday and uh, came back uh, no snow at all up here on Dartmoor. It's, um, you know, uh, cold, but no snow. So we're all right. All revving to go for today, Bill. And it's nice to be on a sponsored podcast. Congratulations on the sponsor and ARP Media. Look forward to working with them. That's all good. That's all good. And we were talking about a little bit later what we're going to be doing because we're going to be having lots of fun with uh, all anything is possible as well. But anyway, let's just come back to the match at the weekend because, like I said to you, Brentford got their first win at New Griffin Park since, and it's really bizarre to actually say this, since actually the first game of the season, which was the uh, the Arsenal game. And when you look at it that way, you think, cool, blimey, God, I can't believe it, that euphoria after that Arsenal game. And this is the first game we've actually been able to become euphoric after that. But it was a, a hard-fought uh, victory. It wasn't probably the best game in the world, but that didn't really matter to Beast fans. So I'm just going to go around and ask you, Laney, what was your main takeaway from that match my main takeaway is uh, I think we got away with one yesterday Bill um, I said it in the post-match that any other team that we played uh, uh, yesterday I think we, we we don't win that I don't think that was a, a winning performance by us we, we're going to have to play a lot better in most other games to, to get three points 
Um, but you know, we, we were all in agreement that the result was all that really mattered. But there was there was, you know, we know that Newcastle played a lot better than that. We know that Burnley played a lot better than that. We know that Norwich played a lot better than Everton. Um, Everton were the right team on the right day, um, and they they were truly awful. I thought, um, and we weren't a lot better. So, uh, but you know, three points. So I feel relieved. My main take takeaway is relief um and yeah as i said any other team uh we probably don't win that game yeah, which is and i think that's fair enough laney on the flip side of it if you look at it you know if you look at the liverpool game maybe if you look at the brighton game if you look at the chelsea game these are games which we uh which we probably deserve to get more out of and we didn't get something out of and and, and obviously we're going for a horrendous injury spell at the moment now and confidence and all sorts of stuff so on the flip side of it you've also got to look at that and say look we just did what we had to do didn't you Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, you know, you know my, my sayings, nine month season, you know, in, in that nine months, you're going to get games where you deserve to win and get nothing from, and other games you're going to deserve to get nothing from and you're going to win. Um, yesterday wasn't a game we deserved to get nothing from. Um, we, you know, we, we, we deserved at least a point out of that. And, you know, you've got to say that Ivan Tony's brilliance um, and his cool finish for the penalty um, was worthy of winning. You know what was a you know a, a close dire encounter between you know it was going to be a, a game of few chances and that's what it proved. So yeah, no, I'm I, I'm I'm with you there, Bill. The, the, you know the the the, the holistic three hundred and sixty degrees of our season is that we are going to get games where we you know play poorly and win. Um, and there's a lot of mitigating circumstances for yesterday, but that's my main takeaway. The liberal. Yeah, I mean I agree pretty much all with what Laney has said. It wasn't the greatest of games, but that's the type of game teams like Everton are the games that you need to be winning at home. Um, so, you know, because they'll be more difficult on the road. And I was happy with the, happy to see the defence playing a, a, a positive performance. Didn't give away a goal. That was a, that was a real positive. They looked uh, a lot tighter. Uh, we'll come on to, 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 to people of the match, so, so I won't uh, spoil uh, what I'm going to suggest. But all in all, you know, got to got to click. It's difficult, isn't it? One stage you get the defence right, the other stage you get the attack right. Sooner rather than later, we'll get both clicking together, and then we'll be in real good. Also, think that the midfield as well needs a bit of tinkering around with, but we can get into that. As a, but you know, seven out of ten for. Oh, well, sorry, I'm giving my performance away, but seven out of ten for that wasn't a very good game of football. But it's always enjoyable watching the bees at the, the Brentford Community Stadium. That light shirt at the end was fantastic. Landy, did you give it marks out of 10? Uh, I didn't, but I'll give it a five. Five out of 10. Five out of 10. And it's interesting, uh, the Liberal, I like the way that you sort of kind of slyly slipped in a team's like in there. Teams like Everton, <laughs> like, you know, and if you listen to the post-match podcast as well, Pride of West. London, it was a good old chat as well. We got Brentford and Everton fans on there talking about the match straight after the match in the Globe pub after the match as well and also in the stadium. And uh, the Everton fan on there he chatted to, he went right into the old teams like Brentford, actually. And he didn't really know it. He just sort of kind of said it. And I just sort of kind of like, just sort of like reminded him. I said, ah, oh, teams like Brentford, eh? Like, you know, and then he sort of kind of moved on. But yeah, there is obviously is a bit of teams like Brentford going on. We need to uh, need to get our, you know, need to get our, listen, we need to get used to it. But I just like the fact that you actually sort of kind of, you slipped Everton into the teams like category. Degree. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Everton, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And it was it was quite deliberate because actually, I think within the within the Premier League, we probably could aspire 
um, and are uh, battling for a position with teams like Everton, you know, teams like Everton, teams like Wolves. There is no reason why we're not. We're not down the bottom. We're not up the top. We can be a good mid-table team. And that is what teams like Everton are. Sorry, Everton fans. That's what you are. Very true. I mean, the Wolves are actually in sixth place, so they're doing all right. But interestingly, Everton, because yeah. if you listen to them, they're absolutely gutted because I think that whole concept of actually losing to Brentford for them has actually kind of, a lot of them are saying, this shows where, how far we've fallen. You know, we were one of the biggest teams in Europe and, you know, we go to Brentford and we lose to them. So I, I, I think that maybe, <laughs> listen, we, we weren't great yesterday, but I think that, you know, again, we, we, we probably have to do a little bit more to kind of earn our stripes and respect with some people out there because, uh, you know, whatever we do you know whatever we might have done to get to where we were and the way that we run our club which we run our club very well as we know it seems that we're still kind of struggling to get the respect that we that we want to get but anyway for myself you know what were the my things from the my main takeaways um the main takeaways is that you know it shows that we could dig in you know, that it shows that we can dig in and we can actually pull out a result, which I think is very important, especially after, you know, not winning in, was it was it four matches or five, was it five matches? I can't remember, but we haven't, you know, we haven't won at home, you know, since uh, since since early August. We haven't won at all, you know, in sort of kind of, you know, quite a few matches, you know, so to, to be able to dig in and get a result, I think is very important. Also, I think that it's actually very interesting to see that there are some poor sides in this league and I'm not saying this out of disrespect to Everton, because even the Everton was saying, look, we were poor today. You know, we were poor. So I think that, you know, we have to kind of realise that, you know, um, we have to basically raise ourselves to a certain level to make sure that we aren't kind of really poor that we actually get ourselves relegated and I think there's a lot of work for us to do especially still defensively to make sure that we don't drop ourselves down to that level but the fact is that we also have to sort of hearten ourselves to think actually there are some some quite 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 poor sides in this division and we need to just keep ourselves above uh, ahead above the water there as well um, um, that game was like a bit, of a bit of a championship battle it was actually a little bit like a and we talk about Premier League wonderful Premier League but that was like a sort of mid to sort of bottom level championship battle that we've been in over the years so I think that was quite interesting uh, I've also the main takeaway is uh, us running out of steam you know, we, we, we ran out of steam in the second half very early on and we kind of managed to get ourselves over the line. But this is slightly worrying because, you know, you've got players like, you know, even Yanel, you know, you know uh, Frank the Tank, who kind of like, you know, they're really struggling to kind of get themselves to the 90 minutes. So, you know, how are we going to deal with that? Is it an injury thing? Is it a fitness thing? You know, we've got, you know, three million games in the next three days you know, in December. So, you know, how are we going to deal with that? So there's a number of, like I said to you, number of main takeaways I got from that. The other one, obviously, is good, doing a good job, which I think is a big thumbs up, considering, you know, everyone was really scared when they saw him on the uh, on the team sheet today. So I'm going to give that game a six out of 10. Uh, for me, it would have probably been a five out of 10, but I'll give it a six because we actually won the game, uh, which is all good. But listen to our, uh, our main takeaways, but we've now got to go over to the opposition Everton fans to see what they had to say. We're going to talk to Connor Williams from the Toffee Blues podcast. He's going to give us his main takeaways from this match. Hi, it's Connor from the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Uh, just giving you my post-match thoughts on the Brentford-Everton game. Um, it was a tough game. Both teams, uh, I think, struggled to get real clear-cut chances through. Uh, I think we had more shots uh, in the game compared to Brentford, but didn't we don't have a striker that can punish you really, um, and we just didn't take the chances we got given, uh, and ultimately that cost us. 
Ivan Tony's penalty was his first shot on target. Was his only shot on target in the game, and that's all he really needed. Um, the penalty is is a penalty. It's a high foot in the area. Uh, it's a shame that Andros Townsend gave it away. Such an experienced player, you'd expect you know better from experienced players. Um, but it's just it's one of them. Unfortunately, this game, no disrespect to obviously Brentford, was our more our best chance of picking up points. So the next couple of games are going to be really hard now, moving into the Merseyside derby, uh, and we've not won for over a month. So it's going to be a very uh, tough December for us, and I can't see us picking up many wins in the next five. Um, the atmosphere was fantastic. Obviously, it's a new stadium for Brentford, and I was impressed in the first game of the season when they played Arsenal at the atmosphere. Uh, and it is just a really good atmosphere. Um, the stadium's done very well at keeping that uh, that sort of aspect intact. Uh, so it was good. Uh, the rating for the match, I'm going to give it like a five. Obviously, one because I'm on the losing side, so slightly biased. Uh, but I just thought it was a game that was tough for both teams to get chances through. Um, sort of a null, you know, it could have gone, if the penalty wasn't given, it could have easily been a nil-nil. Um, it felt like a game that, you know, could have ended a draw. Um, like I said, the penalty was a penalty, but it's just an unfort, you know, unlucky that it's an experienced player. But um, yeah, I'd give the game a five. In fairness, in the fairness scale, was, again, I'm going to give it like a, like a, a 60 uh, Brentford were defensively very good, stopped us from scoring any real chances. Um, so you know, in that in that aspect of the game, they deserved you know to get something out of it because they were defensively sound. Um, the uh, the only reason I get sixty is just because it's Ivan Tony's only shot of the game on target, and it's a penalty, and it's an experienced player. So like, can't help but feel like a draw would have been a bit a, a bit fairer, I guess. But that's just the way football is. Um, on a on a you know positive point, I am very happy for Brentford. Um, it's great to see them in the Premier League. It's you know uh, like I say, it's great they won, but it's good to see them back in the Premier League, and that shoots them up to twelfth. Uh, they go above us. So yeah, uh, th- but this has been Connor from the Toffee Blues, uh, and all the best for the upcoming season uh, for the rest of the season. So that was Connor. From the Toffee Blues podcast, and he's uh, well, he's, he said it as it is, you know. And uh, to be fair, you know, he tipped his hat to the bees, and he said, you know, fair play to you, and he's got respect for us and that. But the Everton fans aren't happy with Everton at the moment now, so it'll be interesting to see how it pans out over the next few months with them. They want a lot of them want Rafa out, you know. Whether or not Rafa being out is going to solve their problems, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, we'll move on because we're talking about Brentford. Talk about the game now. The Brentford eye catcher, Laney, who caught your eye on that pitch Sunday? I'm not going to grab the main man. I'll leave that for someone else this week. But I, someone that I am going to say I thought played very, very well was Brian Mbumo. Um, I thought he gave his all. Uh, you know, still not the perfect performance. Still some way to go to, to get at, at, at to his peak. Um, and he still needs to get shooting boots on. But energy-wise, he was exactly what we needed. The, the partnership between him and Ivan Tony is, is still really impressive. And, and I have to say, is uh, he got back when the when we got the VAR decision and the, and the game was pulled back and we got the penalty. Um, when the referee played on, Everton uh, went straight down the other end and almost scored. Then it was Brian and Bumo who got the block in uh, the last gasp block, uh, and I think they're from London. And it it just epitomised the, the the work 
ethic of the of the guy. Uh, so I, I'm going to say my standout Brentford fan was was Brian and Bumo. You're going to say someone else. Um, Lady marks out of ten. Um, I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a seven because he's you know goal and you know and, and it's, you know there is work to be done there. But I think yesterday it was all about the the work rate, the energy, the desire, and he and he had all of those in bucket loads. The liberal. I'm also not going to go for the obvious. I'm going to go for Fernandez, who I thought actually put in the best game that I've seen him so far in a Brentford shirt, goalkeeper shirt. I was pleased that his um, he, he seemed to be commanding his box more. Um, crosses coming in, um, particularly from above, he seemed to be dealing with much better. I noticed that he was talking to the defence more. I mean, the one letdown still isn't uh, right is his distribution from, from his kicking. Um, and that that definitely needs needs working on. Thought occurred to me actually yesterday. I was talking to uh, people I was with. Is that you know when you're brought up in the Spanish system, do you actually ever get taught about how to kick it long? I mean, if you contrasted Pickford and Fernandez yesterday, I mean Pickford was did a couple of really really um, fantastic kicks out of hand where he set Everton off on attack, and you know he must get really frustrated when his brilliant pinpoint accuracy is wasted at the other end of the field. Um, but, yeah, going back to Fernandez, I wonder whether, you know, the Spanish system actually teaches keepers ever to kick long. Possibly doesn't. But, you know, he's learning, he's good. Uh, so, rating out of 10 for Fernandez yesterday, a, a definitely improving seven again, because, you know, uh, I thought there was much more confidence about him and I'm much more confident that while we're without David Rea, Fernandez will be a keeper that is worth um, persevering with and, and keeping on. So, yeah, well done, Fernan- well done Fernandez, um, and keep it up. OK, and for me, it's difficult, actually, because, OK, you mentioned Fernandez, and I say 100%, the fact he kept a clean sheet, the fact he made them saves, gives him confidence, so he's good, he's he's definitely in there. Ivan Tony, of course, and we always talk about Ivan Tony, but the fact that, you know, Ivan Tony was all over the park yet again. I mean, I watched uh, just a clip of, of the match of the day, two today, and Ian Wright was actually raving about Ivan Tony, saying but how much work he does off the ball, right? He's everywhere else. He only had one touch, which is a penalty in the area. But the fact that he's setting up so much and sort of kind of doing so much for the team, we need to, the team needs to actually deliver, which I 100% agree with. And I think a lot of Brentford fans say the same as well. Like, you know, you can't have Ivan Tony doing so much work off the ball and not being in the middle of the area and setting things up for other people. That's not putting it into the back of the net. But for me, I'm going to give it to good. And the reason why is that, you know, as soon as you saw his name on that team sheet, we went, oh, no, it's good. Like, you know, real worry. He's our sixth, you know, sixth in line centre-back, okay? But he came in and he had a game of his life, you know, in comparison to all his other games. And I think for that, it makes me think, okay, I can uh, rest my heart a little bit to know that good defensively can go out there and he can do the business. And he really did play his heart out. So I say fair play to good. I'm actually going to give him, for that performance, I'm going to give him an eight out of 10 because I just think, you know, maybe up front, not so good, but, you know, defensively, I thought that good uh, was good, which is all good, as we say. But let's move on. He's a good... That's right. That's right. So let's move on. I would like to get from you, the Liberal Nick, your opposition danger person. Uh, for most of the match, none of them really. Uh, I was surprised at how poor they were. I thought Damari Gray made a real change when he came on. Um, and um, be interested to see whether he starts uh, for Everton on Wednesday, aren't they, when they've got their big Merseyside derby. Uh, Gray came on, I thought, uh, proposed a danger, uh, put some crosses into the box, which uh, if they'd had a striker, I reckon Calvert-Lewin would have probably picked those up. So, yeah, for me, Damari Gray. 
Okay. And what's that, a 10 for Damari Gray? Oh, uh, a de- definite eight, because he caused some, some real scares. Well, you know, I mean, if you can give eight for a player that only came on with 20 minutes to go, if, if that. Um, but yeah, no, eight for me, because he gave some scares. Uh, and Laney? The player that stood out for me um, was uh, number 24, Anthony Gordon. Um, I thought he's, he's a young sort of local lad from Liverpool. Um, made like 30 appearances now, so he came kind of, uh, he sort of emerged last season. He's, he's you know, he's, he's, he's not like a, a out and out danger man, but I thought he had, his energy levels were there. He was, he was, he was, he was good on the ball, um, gave us plenty to think about. Um, yeah, number 24, Anthony Corden. He, he was the player that kind of oh, I felt my eyes wandering towards like most. I mean, I've, they got they had a couple of players that were kind of strong on the ball, um, but yeah, he was he was the one that looked the most promising. To be honest with you, marks out of ten. And, um, seven, seven, seven tops. And and the player that actually caught my eye actually was uh, their number twenty three Coleman who was playing on the right. He's their their right back or right wing back as it is. Well, he's a right back because I think they're playing four at the back. Um, but yeah, I mean I think that at times, like I said, defensively, you know, he did all right. But also coming up forward, he caused a few problems. Again, you know, you talk about the way that they play. Came in, you know, whipped a few crosses in. You know, again, if the forwards were uh, you know were doing their job, they should have actually sort of converted. But I thought that Coleman was the person that just thought actually tell you something. He's you know he's causing us a few problems down that side. So. I think fair play to him. So I'm going to give him a seven out of 10. So uh, now coming back to, uh, obviously we've talked about the positives, you know, in this game, the players that plan well, you know, now this can be, you know, we're going to talk about the stinker of the match, stinker of the day. It doesn't have to be a player. doesn't have to be, it could be anything of the stinker of the day. Uh, Laney. There was a lot of stinkers in blue shirts. Uh, let's be honest with you. And there was a couple in, in red and white ones, but I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say I'm going to give it to, not the Christmas jumpers, I thought they stunk. There was a lot of people <laughs> wearing, wearing them yesterday. Um, I'm going to give my stinker to the Everton goalkeeper, Jordan Pickford, because I don't know if you saw it, and I only caught, a, I thought he went in very late on Ivan Tony, just on the final whistle, just after the final whistle, and I thought that could have put him out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to Pickford, and then also for Pickford for making me go Wee! when I thought he just booted the ball out and he actually curled a perfect, perfect, perfect drop kick into the uh, into the path of Demari Gray. I think it was. So uh, yeah, he uh, made me look like I egg on my face slightly there. But yeah, yeah, Pickford, Pickford for the late one on Ivan Tony. Okay, uh, the liberal. Uh, again, I don't want to call uh, any players out. Um, there was one in particular who had a. Full interview in the Sunday Times yesterday, who I thought was a bit had a bit of a stinker. Um, probably was trying too hard. Uh, I'll go for. And I know this this sounds terribly middle class, but I mean, I'll go at half time. It was absolutely freezing yesterday, and I needed something to warm me up. So tried to get a hot drink, a hot chocolate. You in the upper level of the West Stand, I can see Lady laughing at this. You know, you can get you can get yourself alcohol. That's that's all right. You get yourself a hot pie. Fine. You know. People will complain about that. But it was impossible because of the queues. There was only one small space that was selling hot drinks and they ran out of hot chocolate half the time. So that's my stinker of the day. Didn't get me half time cup hot chocolate. 
I have to I have to admit actually my daughter she ran off with me with the car she ran off to go with the cash and then she couldn't get any because they wouldn't take any cash so she came back to get me card with her friends and they missed like the first 10 minutes of the second half as well because they also ran off to get hot chocolate because they were absolutely freezing and they came back as well and they complained saying there's no hot chocolate so they I think they raided the sweet cupboard in the in the, in the club shop instead actually so I think they're relatively probably happier than you liberal but anyway yeah, but yeah, from, yeah. Oh, f- first world problems eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know listen but i'm just saying i'm just reflecting what you're saying you know just sort of, sort of giving you the tip of the hat saying that there's somebody else said the same thing the liberal just for me um i'm actually going to give it to the everton fans uh before and we did meet some everton fans in the pub we chatted to them and they're all cool it's interesting because obviously there's a lot of different fans that come down and uh it's interesting because we obviously know the fans in the championship division one very very well we know the ones who are are friendly the ones that tip their hat the ones that kind of give a vibe the one that gives that good atmosphere and the ones that probably less so so we know them very well but we're still learning in the championship and uh, again we normally have to sort of speak to our people in the east stand to say how did the 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 opposition fans how did they sort of kind of behave themselves how do they kind of support their team and from what you can gather, the, the Everton fans were, I mean, listen, OK, they're going through a terrible time, but they were really terrible in supporting their team. But I think the thing that killed us was there was a 58th minute applause to our friend Adrian Beckles, who unfortunately died, uh, was it about a couple of weeks ago? And uh, it was a 50 minute and, and you do it at any ground and everyone does the old tip of the hat. And they, does, they do the respect and do the applause. And, and they said not one Everton fan actually applauded Adrian Beckles on 58 minutes. And, that, you know, and there's also other situations where they're sort of kind of, sort of calling the players not to give the ball back to us and stuff like that. And uh, listen, listen, we all want our team to win and we all get frustrated and get very angry. But also you've got to kind of do it within the spirit of the game. And I just think that yeah, the Everton fans... Um, from what we can get, sort of, you know, let themselves down. And maybe it was within frustration of, of you know, of how their team was playing. But at the end of the day, that's kind of like, you know, you, you've, you've got to, I think you've got to put those things aside sometimes and actually just show that you've got the manners and the respect as well. So unfortunately, Everton fans, you, I think you let yourselves down a little bit there. So I'm going to give the Everton fans a, a four out of 10 for that one. So, uh, which is all good. But anyway, moving on. I'm going to come to the Liberal, the Liberal Nick now, and I'm going to ask you, what was your key moment of the game? Uh, easy. Uh, Fernandez's save with his legs um, just after we'd scored the penalty. Um, for, pretty much from, from kick-off, Everton came up. I don't know who it was that... that uh, I can't remember who it was that, that, that had the shot. They did highlight it on match of the day too, actually, that he should have, uh, should have scored with it. But Fernandez stuck out his leg, saved it, and that really, I think, was a key moment. A, it would have done his confidence sky high and B, kept us in the game because I'm not certain if we'd gone one or what would have happened after that. So Fernandez is saved nine out of ten because I thought it was really excellent goalkeeping. It's interesting. I mean, let's just talk just quickly about Fernandez because obviously he's come into this game. I know we spoke about it a little before, but he's come in this season. He's had a pretty horrendous start to his uh, his Premier League campaign, you know. Uh, and and I think there's a lot of question marks going around as to whether or not he's a good goalkeeper or not. I'm sure if you speak to the folks, uh, the, uh, the the coaching staff, they'll say he's a, he's a great keeper. He just needs time. Um, do you think it's a case that um, you know, and, and again, talk between the two of you that he's just been parachuted in? out of the blue hasn't been given time to kind of sort of kind of sort of kind of wed himself into the way that Brentford do their things especially in the first thing and in the Premier League or do you think it might be a case that the fact that he's he's just not quite the keeper that we want and he was probably a good person to have on the bench you know pull him on for a game or two but you know having him on for four or five months we're not quite sure he's the one um I, I think to be a very charitable turn if I'm honest with you he's, he's, he's not he's not a rookie 
he's, he has got some experience um, and uh, I, I think you know you only find out how good someone is when you chuck them in the deep end when you actually you know chuck them into first team action you know it's unforgiving in the Premier League that, that don't get us wrong but he, he, he has looked like a player that that, that you know it looks very vulnerable um, and I'm, I'm just I'm massively relieved um, that he has got a clean sheet and hopefully that does his confidence and that hopefully does the confidence of the players around him um, uh, but I, I just think it's we, we should be expecting this from him um, and you know we, we, we're reading in the right direction still a long way to go for him um, but you know I, I think if we're going to play at the top level we have to have top level players in, in, in all positions and you know he's not I don't think he's warranted his place based on a couple of performances leading up to yesterday I know we're kind of stuck in, in, in some ways that we have to we have to use him but um, yeah so I, I just hopefully he can just continue that at, at Tottenham on Thursday I mean I'm not I'm not going to beat up on the guy I'm not going to sort of you know the, the, the die is not cast with him you know he's, he's able to to put all that um, all that sort of tricky start behind him so uh, yeah long as he you know long may that continue but you know we, we should be expecting better from 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 all of them yeah, yeah. I'm going, and, 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 I'm going to be more positive than that because I think you can see real improvement happening game on game with it. So I think you know we, we've got to stick with him. He's no, he's not a replacement. He is, he is the, he's no permanent replacement for Rea, but he is a, a he is a youngish keeper who is learning. Um, he, and the Premier League is, you know, is the toughest league in the world. They say, and it's definitely you know the highest quality, and you know. I think we've just got to be, you know, got to got to get behind him, got to support because he is the only answer we've got. So, you know, it's no use moaning about it. We've just got to work with him. And I think it's crucial upon us as supporters that, you know, if he does cause one rick is that we get behind him rather than, you know, rather than bring his confidence down further. He's obviously a confidence player. I think, you know, I think he'll do until Rare comes back. Well, he'll have to do until Rare comes back. But I think, we, he, you know, he will keep us there. The one other problem, of course, Premier League is, you know, shortage of games. Because and, and how do you get more, how do you get more experience? You can't. You only get the experience through playing the games. And that's what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, just to just to say, obviously, he, I mean, he's actually on loan to us from Huesca, who's in Spain, who, who aren't a particularly great side. They got relegated to the second tier in Spanish football. He's played 58 games for them. He's on loan to us, you know, at the moment now. I, I can't remember if it's a loan, but kind of one of those loans where we could take him on if we want to. I've got a feeling it is kind of one of those loans. So potentially he's kind of one of our players. But, you know, he has played games, but he hasn't played it necessarily at the level you know that we're at the moment now. Yes, he's played in the. In, I think I think he's played in the Premier League, but um, in, in Spain or, or Syria in Spain. But I'm not quite sure if he's played at this level. But anyway, you know, Laney, just coming back to you, what was your key moment? Just quickly. Key moment. I'll, I'll, I am going to go obvious with this one. It's the, obviously the VAR um, that that Onyeka sticking his head in where it hurts, taking taking one for the team. Um, and uh, yeah, Ivan Tony, he was just majestic in that in that moment. I felt I felt sorry for for for, the, for their goalkeeper Pickford. He Pickford didn't look at any stage like he he thought he stood a chance of saving that. He almost kind of like kind of just almost like waved it into the back of the net. It was like after you pointing at the ball in the corner. He. he, he didn't even dive. He just knew that Tony had the beating of him. Tony's method um, and his, his style and just the, the the execution of it. He was, he was the close up they showed on the telly of him like 
just staring at, at, at the goalkeeper the whole time, waiting for any sign of movement. And he it, it, it knew where the ball was and he knew where the goal was. And it was just, well, it was inevitable. So, uh, yeah, so the, the VAR decision was a turning point for me. Okay. And for me, I'm going... Is I'm just like Ivan Tony's mum. I can't watch Ivan Tony take a penalty either. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And And, and for me... I, I was actually going to give it to the, you know, I would have said that Mbumo's miss, I thought was very important because, you know, we'd gone, we were 1-0 up and Mbumo came through, the ball came across, you know, Ivan Tony really worked a ball across the area, got a little flick on and Mbumo was there on the far post, hit it with his, well, not with his regular foot, you know what I'm saying? And it went straight into Pickford's hands where technically he should have buried that at the back of the net or also put out a wicked save from Pickford. That was a bit disappointing because if we'd done that, I think our game would have been a, a lot different because we were very nervous in the second half. So for me, I would have said that was the key moment, but I've got to come back to thinking about it. I think is actually is that save from Rondon from Fernandez, which was very soon after the penalty. And normally, you know, even at Newcastle, I think we conceded goals very quickly after we got ahead. And I think, you know, to be able to hold on and that moment, if we'd gone behind then, I think it would have been a very different game. If we'd equalised then, we'd let in a goal. So I think that save was actually crucial for our confidence, for his confidence, for the team's confidence, for us actually getting the result that we needed to get because we had to dig one out. So even though Mbumo's miss was big, I think that save was actually bigger key moment. Now we're going to talk about something which is, uh, I think, like I said, a new little feature because, listen, we've got, we're, listen, we're in the table. We're going to talk about the table a little bit later. But at the moment now, okay, we've got a situation where we are going into Tottenham. Okay, we need to get some points really against Tottenham. (laughs) And uh, we've got a team which is injury laden. Okay, so I'm just going to say to you guys, look, you know, if you if you could have anything as possible, as you know, if anything is possible out there and uh, we're going to that game in Tottenham and we can bring back a Brentford player of old, who would you bring back? Liberal Nick? Uh, Without a shadow, without Chesney, Um, because A, he understands what it means to be playing against Tottenham and what an important game it, it would be for him. And he is the best goalkeeper that I've ever seen play uh, at Brentford. I think I'm going to be really controversial here and say I think he is better than Rare. Um, you know, if you add in the fact that he joined us quite young, he was on loan or whatever. And you like, no, Wojnik Szczesny for me, bring him back against Tottenham, against the Spuds, he'll do it. Okay. All right. And Laney. Well... If we're gonna if we're gonna edge towards a little bit of controversy, I'm gonna say Henrik Delsgaard. Oh. Because, because I still think I still don't understand why we let him go. I, I I honestly don't think that you know, another year would we haven't we haven't replaced we haven't replaced him at right back and we, we, we've got a player there who are, with bags of experience, international calibre. Um, wasn't really injury prone. He had no more injuries than anyone else. He wasn't. He wasn't a liability. Um, um, so yeah, I, I think we let him go too soon. I, I think he, he was more than capable of coming up to the Prem with us, and I'm sure he would have loved to have been have a Premier League on his CV as well. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Henrik Dalsgaard. And that, like, judged by that noise, Bill, you were gonna say the same. 
I was going to say exactly the same lady. You, right, you plucked okay. him from my pocket, the Sorry, Henrik Dalsgaard. That's mate. all right. You got in earlier than me, which is fair enough. So, okay, you've got the Henrik Dalsgaard. I would have gone for Henrik Dalsgaard. So I'm going to have to flip it. And now I've had to pick another one out of the bag. So I'm going back into history on this one again. Obviously, we've got, um, you know, we, we've, we pulled in our sixth in line centre-back on uh, on Sunday. You know, Charlie Good, you know. And like I said to you, he had a good game, which is all good. But like I said, they're falling like dominoes, like our centre-back. So we need someone. We're missing that ball carrying centre-back, that beautiful ball carrier who's really confident in the ball and is a great defender as well, you know, because Aya is missing. So I would bring back Herman Horidason, actually. Oh, nice Good old Herman. Herman, bring him back, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm. and, and and pluck him right in the middle of that defence for that game. Tottenham, you know how bonkers he is, you know. We were going to mm. get him for one of our socials before everything went all horribly wrong, like, you know. And he was absolutely potty for coming down. So, like I said to you, I'd be very excited to get Herman Horidason back in that side against Tottenham because you know that he'd absolutely stick it up them, but also he would definitely mm. also be carrying the ball all the way into their penalty area and possibly slotting it into good, the back. Good of shout the there, Mr. Grant. Good <laughs> shout. I, I almost right. I almost said, and I couldn't actually bring my mouth to form the words, James Tarkowski. Oh, oh. I'm, I have to admit, mm. I did think the mm. other day, and I was thinking, actually, that player is the type mm. of player that we do we are missing oh, at the moment now because Aya yeah. isn't in the side. I have to certainly admit. Not, certainly not for his loyalty, but if we're no. going to... Mind you, when Bill ability. started, I thought he was going to end up saying Jamie Bates. So I'm glad you just pulled. I pulled one out of the bag. Then. Just to let you know, listen, it's a new feature and we want you out there as well to come back to us and just hit us up with who you think is going to be the... Uh, um, well, you know, who, who should play for Brentford on Thursday if, we can, if anything is possible as they say. Um, you know, so what you can do is you can hit us back by going to the website, besotted.com, and you can go on there and you can actually, you could send us a message and let us know who you think is going to be possible. Or you can direct message us on Facebook or, yeah, or, or, or on Twitter as well. Or you can email us at uh, besotted1992 at gmail.com. But the easiest one is probably the website. You go there, you can send us a message. And like I said to you, the best um, one that comes up, because you also got to give us an excuse why. The best one that's going to come up, we're actually going to buy you a beer. We want anything is possible who is our little partners on the south coast as well they're going to buy you a beer and wherever you are whether or not you ever come down the globe we buy you a beer in the globe or if you are in australia or if you're in halifax or if you're in africa you know we'll buy you a beer wherever you are we'll send the money down to your local bar and we're going to get you to take a photograph and you send us photographs of the beer that you bought you you know if anything is possible Cheers. so please send us a message please everybody and let's see how that works out it's just a little bit of fun that we're having at the moment now but we need to uh, we need to crack on um saturday or Sunday. I keep saying Saturday because I'm so used to. I'm just not so used to playing on a on a Sunday. It's just really really strange. But anyway, the away day, the day out, the away day for the away fans, and the, the day out, and just how was the day with the atmosphere, the stadium? What was it like for you, the Liberal? I had a good day. I mean, you know, um, it's three weeks since I managed to meet up with with all you you lot and uh, having having good drink before the game um, and a bit of mozzarella and uh, Italian uh, meat was uh, very nice and uh, so despite not having the hot chocolate at half time I had yeah drinking the globe afterwards yeah all good all good so I would give my day a I'd actually give it a seven out of ten because unfortunately uh, there was a drunken hen party on the train coming back from London down to Exeter last night which was a bit they didn't invite you dispiriting no, 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 no. But uh, there was a bit of Prosecco flying around, literally mm. flying around the carriage, which wasn't, you know, wasn't the best way to travel. People moan about football fans, M parties, and we even worse. So, therefore, <laughs> 7 out of 10 on an away day for me. 
Yeah. Laney. Yeah, it was it was all right. Um, rail replacement, blooming service. The, the trains are screwed up again, so I had to drive, which really kind of I don't I don't like Sundays. I don't like Sunday fixtures. So it's going to be a low score just because it was a Sunday. Bloody cold. Um, I didn't get to the pub till late, and I had to drive back. So it means I couldn't hang around for Sunday lunch. Or did I have that to get back and um, have a drink when I got back this end? But um, and the game was so-so. So I'm. Gonna, it was a brilliant weekend, though. I've had a cracking weekend, and it continues tonight with the FSA Awards that me and Bill are going to go to. Um, so as part of my weekend, I'll give it a nine. But as the day standalone. Day out Brentford yesterday, I'll give it a six. Okay. And and for me, yeah, it's one of those hard ones where again you're trying to interestingly, because Everton, even though massive demand for this game, trying to get the vibe up for this game was quite hard. So the, the atmosphere I thought was so-so from the from the fans. It was quite difficult, even though we didn't go behind at any stage. So the atmosphere was okay. At stages, of course, we got going. The Everton fans were, I, I thought they were the, the, the worst set of fans atmosphere-wise that have come down to this stadium without a shadow of doubt as well. Uh, beforehand in the pub was, you know, was okay. It was uh, a good, actually good vibe actually before the pub in the bit beforehand as well. Actually, I did quite having a bit of a roast actually in the Globe afterwards, which is, which is all good. So that was like, that was quite nice actually kind of getting that so I didn't have to go home and cook as it was like you know but other than that like I said to you but I thought the day itself was a six out of tenner for me um definitely wasn't the best and uh but listen we got the result we need to do we're just going to move it on so listen the fairness of the result we talk about this is sort of sometimes controversial because you're thinking oh listen how do you measure this like I said to you every week you know you've got the goal out there who actually tells you what the fairness of the result was. I'm going to say to you, Liberal, I want to know what you feel feel the fairness of this result. Do you think it was a fair result? And if not, what was your score on the fairness rating? Uh, my score is about 5.5. Was it fair? No, not 5.5. Yeah. It's out of 100. Oh, it's out of 100. 55%. 55%. 55%. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. No, you know, it, it's, it's not a game that will live long in the memory, would it? is it? So but, fair. So what was a fair? So you don't think it's particularly fair? What would you think? Would, what was unfair about I it? I think I think it was. I think it was fair. I think it was fair because I think we we put in we you know we got the VAR decision, put in slightly more effort than, than Everton did, played some nice football, uh, good save from our keeper. Uh, but we had it was interesting. It was one of those games I saw that Newcastle had six percent possession, we had forty percent possession, but we did more with our possession than they did. So therefore. You know, so what would it be? So was it fair or not fair? Fifty-five percent. That sounds like it wasn't fair. Fifty-five. It was fifty-five percent fair. Fairness to us. Yeah, because we, you know, we. But won. that's fifty-five percent is not very fair. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, so no, what, okay, yeah, but so what do you think the score should yeah, be? You're being controversial. No, it, no, it's it, not. It, it was. It, it, it was. It was the. It, it could have. So you think? Been so you think one nil was a fair result? Hundred percent is fair. Hundred percent is perfectly fair. I think we need to take the liberal away and actually give him a few mathematics lessons because he's he's not quite he's not quite feeling I, out this fairness factor. He needs some, fair, he needs some fairness lessons. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take you away. I don't need lessons. I don't need lessons in fairness. I need lessons in how to combat your uh, argumentative procedure, Bill. It's not argumentative. It's not. It's, 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 it's the metric we measure the fairness by that we don't understand. <laughs> it's very standard, Liberal. It's either fair or unfair. You've given a very unfair score and then you're trying to make out that it's fair and I'm really confused. <laughs> so, basically, you think it's fair, so... But it's I think it's not... fair that we won, but only just. Okay, right. We, we'll oh, we'll move, move on. on. But yeah. Move on. Okay. <laughs> La- 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 Lady... 
I, I do kind of understand the. I do. I do understand the confusion over the because it's. It's like. I, I do understand where he's coming from. Let's put it that way, right? So I'm going to go sixty percent fair, um, because so it's, it kind of isn't that fair because I, I think the the stats show um, that Everton had chances to equalise. Uh, they had a lot more possession than us, um, and uh, they had a, yeah they 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 came out a second half on, and as, and I've said equally on another day any other team that we play um, gets at least a point out of that game. So I think, although they weren't great, we weren't either. Um, but I think their possession and chances probably warranted a goal um, and it was a good save. So, yeah, 60% for me. OK, 60%. Interesting as well, Connor from Everton thought is a 60% fairness rating on that match as well. So he didn't think the game was, the result itself was particularly fair it wasn't massively unfair but it's still pretty unfair as well and I'm I actually was going 75% I think on the fairness which I thought was unfair as well you know for me and I think we're all sort of going towards all except for the Liberal because he thought it was very fair but it's not reflecting his score uh we, we thought it should be a one-all game really you know technically Ooh. that could have been a one-all game if they could have actually yeah. put the ball in the back of the net with their chances which means that it would have been a lot fairer of a result but we got a result which was great for us but probably wasn't great considering what we had created on the day, because on the XG front, I think we were very similar. I think we were, you know, Everton were probably slightly above us, like something like 1.32 and we were like 1.28 or something like that. So very similar chances, but most of our chances actually came from the penalty, which was 0.8. So other than that, we created sort of very low quality chances compared to what Everton created. So if anything, they should have thought that they should have got maybe something a little bit more out of that. And that's probably why they felt the fairness of this result wasn't quite reflected. But anyway, let's just quickly, we've got a recap because we've got not much time left on this one. The league recap, we're in 12th place with 16 points and uh, we've played 13 games, which is actually, um, <laughs> I'm quite happy about that to be quite honest with you. We're at four points of sixth place, which is Wolverhampton Wanderers. We're seven points of 18th place, which is the relegation zone, which is Burnley. Obviously, they had a holiday. Burnley uh, uh, Burnley and Tottenham had a holiday this weekend because they didn't play because uh, they, the game was snowed off due to the weather as well. So they played one game less than us. But there's, you know, like I said to you, a healthy gap, which is between us and the relegation spot at the moment now. And, and, and as they say, it's about, you know, the teams at the bottom, you know, I think what I've seen in the Premier League, the teams at the bottom, them picking up points seems to be quite difficult. So if you build up a gap between them, you know, they find it difficult to pick up games against the, the higher side. So they're relying on picking up their, their points against sides which are lower, which is something that doesn't happen so much in the championship because everybody seems to be able to beat anybody in the championship. So I think that's good for us as well. 538 have got us predicted for the end of the season at 14th place with 45 points. Um, with 11% chance of relegation at the moment now. They've actually switched it a bit. Newcastle, Norwich and now Watford, they have predicted to be in the relegation spots at the moment now. Uh, I think about 38%, I think, is what we are on the relegation. But we know this could change itself. Uh, just quickly, results Saturday. Anything caught your eye, Laney, at uh, the weekend uh, in the Premier League? Yeah, well, I went to the Arsenal-Newcastle game. Um, so that's the one that caught my eye for the whole 90 minutes. Um uh, Newcastle were were 
are very different to the way we played them the week before. They just set up not really to concede, and that didn't work either. Um, they didn't really offer much. Sam Maximan, it was marked out of the game. So, you know, they really went for it against Brentford, and they really didn't go for it against Arsenal. Um, and they, I, you're right, right to point out, Bill, that they, you know, they, they, they've just not, they've still not won. They were in December, and Newcastle have not won a game. Um, and, you know, uh, Norwich didn't win again, Watford lost. So, you know, it's important that those teams below us um, aren't picking up the points that we are. So the three points was massive and probably the, uh, you know, the Burnley game being called off. It just heaps a little, you know, fixture curveball into them later on. So, yeah, it, it was a good weekend all round um, for, for Brentford. Yeah, yeah. So, look, listen, I'm just going to do, listen, just a quick, I'm just going to go around to you and just give us a quick summing up. Uh, Liberal, give us a quick summing up of well this game. Um, as I said, not a game to remember. Won't 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 live long. We got the victory. Got got you know didn't did enough. Uh, there are worse teams than us in this league. Bright, Leeds and Brighton were a classic on Saturday. Uh, nil nil. Malpay missing loads of chances. Um, you know we've seen worse teams than us. Uh, we will be all right. Okay. So listen. So you're. And you're okay. You're still confident that we are going to get out of this, and we're going to be all right next year. I think. I think five three eight saying that we finish in fourteenth is probably about right. That's what I said to the Dutchman yesterday in the pub. We'll finish somewhere between fourteenth and seventeenth in my uh, sorry sixteenth in my opinion. But that's I'm going But that's that's good though, isn't it? I mean, that is yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. You sound you sound a bit disappointed. Yeah. I mean, I'll be delighted if no, we finish. Oh, sorry, the no, no, no. I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted with that. Sorry if I sounded disappointed. No, no, no. I think you know. I think I think we'll be fine. You know, win a few games at home, drag out a few draws away, we'll be absolutely fine. Mid-table team, and that will do me really good. Lamey. I felt euphoric on the final whistle. Um, I thought the 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 light show. And the, um, the, 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 the songs and the dancing around was just, it was just a massive release. So that's what, that's, that's, that's my summing up, really. Forget the game, um, savour savor the moment of the final whistle and then come on your bees on Thursday. Yeah. And for me, great, listen, great battle. Great to see the team battling, you know. Uh, you know, we need a bit of luck sometimes. We got the luck, so it's great to see that as well. And it just made me think as well, because, look, I'm very proud of what they've done. I know we've got a very hard time, but it just made me think, look, my summing up is like, I'm not Thomas Frank, but, you know, do we need to... We've got a lot of games over the next few periods and we've got players dropping like flies. Do we need to pick our matches and just say, listen, we're going to target this match for one to be to win and let's put our players in and not? Because if not, you might find yourself running yourself a little bit thin because, you know... What, what do we have to pick up over the next what three, uh, eight, seven games? You know, I think there's 21 points available in the next seven games. And, you know, if we picked up probably eight points out of those 21, I think we'd be doing very well. But if, we, if we're not careful and we end up picking up one or two, we could find ourselves in a bit of a pickle. Just quickly, because we're running out of time here. Very, very dangerous game you're suggesting, Bill. Uh, no way. I think we might have to be a bit clever in one or two games coming up, really. We, I, don't, I know we need to go for it all, and I know anything is possible, but there's a couple of games there that we're probably going to take a bit of a beating on. And I think Man City's, Man City's that game. I don't know, you know, uh, I just don't know whether we just write that game off and move on. Um, but yeah, I, I think, but, but Thursday night though, Bill, we go for it. So well, we've got Thursday, and then we've got Leeds a few days afterwards. You know what I'm saying? So, do we go for both of them? Do you know? Yeah, Norgard yeah, look like he's yeah, injured. 100%. No, hundred yeah. percent. We go for both of them. There's points there. There's points. 
Um, Tottenham are no great shakes. They lost to Minnows in Europe on Thursday with a strong team. Leeds, um, you know, as, as dangerous as they are, they can't defend. We, we go for it in both of those games as points there. Okay. All right. Listen. So, listen. Great to catch up with you, lads. Like I said to you, this is Besotted Pride of West London Weekend Review Podcast brought to you by Anything Is Possible, AIP.media. So, listen. Don't forget to subscribe and to us. And don't forget to also buy us a beer on besotted.com forward slash beer. Don't forget we've got the competition, Anything Is Possible. Tell us who, which Brentford player you want to bring into the side against Tottenham. It could be from, it could be from the 1950s if you want to. Like, it doesn't really matter. It'll be really good. Have a bit of fun. And if you're the best entry for that one as well, we will, well, not we will, but anything is possible. Like our little partners in the South Coast will buy you a beer wherever you are in the world as well. Also, don't forget, there's another podcast. We're going to have to stop, shut this one down. We're going to start recording in about 10 minutes. We've got another mm. podcast for the Tottenham game on Thursday as well. So check that out on prideofwest.london. But other than that, whew, I'm sitting down here and I can relax because we have got the three points that we were a little bit nervous that we weren't going to get. And maybe if it was another team, we wouldn't have got them. But we've got them so we can relax now and we can look forward to Thursday at Tottenham. We're going to be going into the Tottenham zone very early. I'll be there from four o'clock in the afternoon sitting in a pub just off the Seven Sisters Road with me Brentford chums and a few Spuds mates. Hopefully Spurs mates, actually. (laughs) Having a bit of a laugh. But Laney, listen, it's great to chat to you, Laney. See you later. (laughs) And we've got the liberal West Country man in the house. See you at White Hart. No, it's not White Hart Lane, wherever it now is. Yeah, see you there. It's White Hart Lane, I think it is. Like, you know, they're just lumping it all into one. And like I said, I'm Billy Grant here. I've enjoyed myself. I'm very happy got the three points. I'm looking forward to the game of Thursday. As we say, come, come on, on. Come on, you bees. You bees. You bees. You bees. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.